the wildest thing I've ever seen happen in an insurance agency was we had an agent that was writing bonds with us and uh, the agent ended up taking the premiums that were paid by their customers, buying drugs with it and then getting caught. So that was a little gnarly uh, ended yeah. up in some doing some jail time and oh. uh, had to uh, had some reparations that were that were paid forward. But, um, <laughs> oh. uh, but my name is uh, Jackson Cromer. I'm with Bond Exchange in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I help insurance students do debts with surety. And I'm an insurance dude. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Happy to be here. I'm excited. Yeah. That was probably like year i think is the second year that i that i was here at the agency and uh that was fun that was an interesting time <laughs> we had basically our carrier asking hey what's going on premium payment and had to basically go through go through them and uh figure out how they were going to handle it they how writing, long did it take to catch it it was i mean that that agency was writing writing premium or writing bonds with us for i mean years and years but i think that the instance ended up happening probably within within like eight to ten months it wasn't a very oh. long time yeah not a, not a it's still long time, a long it's time a long right time yeah. Yeah. it's like the, you watch what like criminal behavior and they'll start off super careful right and then they're getting away with it and then in insurance because everything's so low tech and you know it just sure. takes forever yeah. it's like he's really feeling he's seven months in and he's feeling good about it. he's like i got my yeah. scam going right <laughs> exactly. and then yeah. And then he gets lazy and whatever. And just, it's crazy that you can actually like somebody can number one, it sits okay with them to do this in the first yeah, place. Right. right? Yeah. Like, but this then, is a logical thing that's going through my head. Right. It's just wild. Like, and then to think that it's not that, that you won't get caught. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, it's remarkable. Next thing you yeah. know, you show up at his office, he's laying nude on his table, smoking crack with a bunch of farm animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the freaking FBI yes. kicks in the yeah. front door. Right. Sure All the fun right. and games are over. <laughs> what was he doing? I believe it was cocaine. What? I believe, I believe it was cocaine. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Crap. So he's living Thanks. fast and furious. Yeah. Fast, furious, <laughs> nonstop, ready to go, go, go. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. That was, that one was pretty gnarly. So, Jackson, gnarly. how'd you get into this thing? Like, how, how'd you get into selling bonds to, crackheads <laughs> uh you know my the journey is a little different you know I, I got out of college and i started actually working at a wilderness therapy company so i was out in the woods in Asheville, north carolina for like eight days at a time it's working with you know, kids that struggle with you know, mental issues and had recently been married and we had our, our first son on the way and uh it was getting to the point it's just hey this isn't really working anymore like you're mm-hmm. gone for eight days at a time. I can't contact you. What's what's going to happen? And I got that on like with the perfect situation. Yeah, it was it was a rough <laughs> one, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I got on with with Bond Exchange uh, in in 2016, about a month before our first son was born. And you know, I think uh, I really started out here as a renewal underwriter. I had no clue of what I was doing or how to uh, really how to process really much of anything. But 
I came in and I really wanted to gain don't. a better run. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're just kind of flying, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to learn more and I uh, went through some, some underwriting designations, you know, got a better understanding of what the you know, strategy and mission of the organization was. And, you know, we took it, took it from there and really tried to accelerate the growth of the company when we launched the, the website. And that happened in 2016, three months after I started. A lot of iterations since then, a lot of change, a lot of growth built, brought on probably five or 10 more folks and, you know, really continue to expand that footprint and, and build out what we're doing. It's been, been a lot of fun. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. So how have you been expanding? How have we been expanding? A lot of it, you know, we get a lot of inbound. I mean, it's, it's a lot of folks that they don't know what to do with surety, a lot of agents that they need help with understanding what the nature of these requirements are. And then we do have some, some carriers that send us some inbound referrals, which is really nice. Uh, you can't really go wrong with, with word of mouth. Uh, it's really helpful. But recently, we've really hammered away on, on our marketing, really been hammering away on some business development practices to grow that agent base. So they want, again, they know who Bond Exchange is. There's some brand recognition, build the brand awareness. We've been going out to a lot of conferences too. So that's been a big change over the past probably eight months now. We just did a little beta trial of it, did four last year. And I think this year we have 48 on the books. So 10 X wow. that for this year, it's nice. a busy travel season. Um, but we've got a great team that, that goes out. I mean, I'll pick and choose kind of my, my top five or so. And we'll be, we'll head out, head out there to go visit some folks. I think let's see here first week or second week of June, uh, I'll be out in Rhode Island and then in Texas at the end of June, I think we've got one in, uh, in Scottsdale, um, uh, think you're coming up in maybe in August, but we've got folks that are heading down to Florida for basically three weeks, <laughs> get a little like mini vacation while out doing conferences wow. should be a good time. Do you, do you personally have to go to those? I don't, I go to, I'll pick, oh, I'll kind of pick and choose. Yeah. So, I was going to say, if you got out of the previous job and smooth sailing <laughs> yeah. for a while, then right. all you're like, oh, by the way, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, so I'll usually I'll go, I think, on my docket, I'm, I've got about 10 that I'm going to go to this year. Um, and then we'll split it up. We've got a team that kind of rotates to make sure that we've got enough coverage <laughs> uh, to get out there where no one's getting their, you know, burnout on on travel too much. So, Jackson, let's pretend that J Mr. Jason knows nothing about surety <laughs> sure. and you were going to explain it to him. How yeah. how would you walk him through that? Absolutely. You know, I think. Luckily, with, with surety, you'll have someone that's going to be coming to you with, I need this bond, like I need X, Y, or Z. And what I usually will start with is, okay, well, this person's coming to you, what, what's the industry that they're in, right? Are they, are they an auto dealer? Are they in construction? Are they in financial services? Are they a mortgage broker or a mortgage lender? And from there, it's who's requiring this bond of them? You know, what is the, what's the point of the obligation? So you'll have a lot of these state or city or county requirements that will come up. And those folks will actually say, hey, you know, XYZ contractor, you need to have a $25,000 bond if you want to do business in the state of California or in Arizona. Like they have, there's a lot of different license classifications in Arizona. That's a fun one. But hey, you're a residential builder. You need a $5,000 bond requirement. Boom, go. So those are my two big questions first is, what industry are you in and who's requiring the bond? 
from there, we can kind of get a better understanding of, all right, what's the bond amount? And then what is the underwriting information that we need to be able to process this quote for you? Um, a lot of these bonds, they're, they're underwritten based off of the soft credit check. So you got to kind of parse through the, hey, I need a social security number. A lot of folks don't want to give that to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there there is a, a way to go about that process where, you know, you're providing them with some of that comfort, some of that uh, really understanding that you're here, you know what you're doing, and that you're there to provide them with a, a service and some help um, so that they can take care of what they needed to get their business running. What's the best ways to navigate through that part of the conversation? Sure. When I when we do that, I was always let them know basically, hey, it's a soft credit check. It's not going to affect your credit anyway, and that you know this gets stored in a very in a secure location that's encrypted. Once it's in there, like I can't see it. So like it's there. Um, I can see what it returns for me to be able to underwrite the account. But other than that, it's my. I mean, that's it's there. Like it, it gets it's it's tied away and it's it's gone. <laughs> Is it like other bonds forms a bond? Like, do they like with a twenty five thousand? Is there somebody mm-hmm. that's investing twenty five thousand on the other side mm-hmm. to fund the bond, or it's it's through the company? Yes, yeah, so not quite. So, like with with surety, it's more it's this three weird three party obligation, right? So, like traditional insurance, two party. You've got your the insured and the carrier. Uh, with surety, you have the principal, which is the insured or your your customer. You have the surety company, which provides the financial backing. And then you have the uh, the obligee, which is the state, city, county project owner for your payment performance bonds that is requiring the bond of the principal. And what ends up happening is in the event that that principal defaults on their obligation. So let's say for a motor vehicle dealer, they sell you a car and they never give you the title. Well, that's illegal. And you can claim the bond to seek reimbursement for that loss. So you gave them a down payment of 10 grand for that car and you can claim the bond seek reimbursement for the 10 grand that you lost out on because they never gave you the title for the car. So it's a protection for the consumer for fraud and unethical behavior. It's a protection for taxpayers when it comes to these large payment performance bonds for federally funded construction work. So anytime those, you know, a contractor walks off of a job or they do something that um, violates the terms of their contract. You know, they go over time to complete on the contract and never actually finish the project. Well, they can a bond can be claimed to provide protection to the project owner in those cases. It's interesting. So it's it's insurance. It's just not called insurance. It's called a bond. Instead. Exactly. Yeah. The, it's a very a similar vehicle, just a different way that the claims pay out because it's not a protection for the for the principal for like your your customer. It's protection for the consumers that interact with that customer or a state state body that has, you know, I'm trying to think here, that has like, um, you know, citizens that need to be protected uh, huh. in the event. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder why they called it bond because like bond is a financial instrument. Is, right. Is that, right. So exactly. Huh. It's a little it's, it's definitely a little nuanced. Uh, it's definitely it. it thro- and that's one of the reasons I think, you know, it really throws our. You know, the agents that we work with, it can really throw them for a loop because it's a lot different than any other product that they're dealing with. It's There's no other product that they have that's like, hey, I've got this weird three-party requirement. I don't know why I have a three-party requirement. I just have a customer that needs to get this taken care of. Like, how can you help me? And so they end up throwing it our way. And you know, we we provide them with some solutions and some some technology to help make that process a lot faster, a lot more streamlined for them. So then they can work up the you know workers' comp or they can work up uh, the GL or any commercial auto or something along those lines. 
Right. So this is like a front end. Like you could, if, if marketed properly, an agency mm. could utilize this as kind of a front end offer, right? It's a lower ticket, something that everybody kind of, like a lot of businesses may need. Mm-hmm. So if you're marketing for this, you use this as the foot in the door and then go yeah. after the GL, the commercial, the commercial auto, their personal mm-hmm. and everything else. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the, one of the big things with the surety that I see is while it's not the biggest ticket item, it's really not like, I mean, I think average premiums for us, I mean, like four or $500, it's, it's not gonna, it's not breaking the bank. Right. But it creates a really sticky relationship because the underwriting and the information that you need for it is generally a little more, it's a little more personal information, like give me a social security number. In some cases you may uh, need a personal financial statement or a business financial statement, you know, some things that folks generally like to hold closer to the chest. And so if get that information, create that bond, create that relationship. It usually, usually allows the the retention is generally pretty strong. I think it's a good Trojan horse strategy, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. they have to have it. Yeah. There's no going, right? around, there's no going around that. And, and then it's kind of a pain in the butt to get set up because of some of the requirements. So now mm-hmm. they don't want to go elsewhere to do it again. Nope. And boom. Yeah, exactly. They can control you, that relationship. Like what it. industries pay out the highest commissions on bonds like wh- mm. who needs the biggest bond are all the commissions for all the bonds the same or sure do some pay out more like if i was yes. going to be if i was going to sell bonds today i would i would tell you to try to attack the so the biggest markets right i would start there and it's going to be construction it's going to be the auto industry transportation uh financial services so you, like mortgage brokers mortgage lenders money transmitters and then you have there's a Big resurgence in, not resurgence, excuse me, but big market opportunities in cannabis. Those are, I mean, it's higher risk, right? But there's not a lot of market availability. And mm-hmm. if you're someone that has capability and carriers that can write it, I mean, it's, it's, it's open season. As far as the commission ranges, I mean, it is, they, I see differentiation more on standard versus non-standard types of business. So um, like I can place this with maybe an admitted market, right? And get a, you know, standard commission anywhere like 20, 30%. If I place this with something that's not admitted or have to go to a substandard market for it, well, it may be a little bit lower. But generally speaking, it's it's still relatively strong commission percentage uh, outside of uh, what you see in maybe some traditional PNC lines. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely, construction's gonna be the big one. The That's probably like 60% of the market when you look at just from a premium volume perspective. And how big, much, how much yeah. are those premiums? Um, it can certainly range. I mean, I think we've, we've written a few that are like, you know, a couple hundred thousand in premium. And then you've written a ton of them that are like 10, 15,000 in premium. And you, I mean, you'll have some that are a couple grand. It just kind of depends on what those project sizes are, what relationships you've established with those agents and they, and then them, the agents, what they've established with those contractors. That's awesome. Are there any flags that go up if somebody needs like like let's say construction if mm. somebody needs a construction bond where's the first place that they're going to look or is there something online or s- some kind of like indication maybe early like hey this company's going to need a bond you can so uh some some cities and counties will release uh like bid specifications or request for proposal so you can basically kind of like pinpoint and try to attack that as far as like, okay, we know these projects are coming up and mm. 
while maybe I don't have, uh, maybe like one of my clients, one of my insurers is not one of these contractors. Well, I can market to contract like commercial contractors in those areas, right? And try to find them. But for for us, you know, again, we're we're trying to we're just working with uh with agents, so we will end up kind of trying to pinpoint some of the agencies or reach out to agencies that maybe have specialization in you know construction risk or like hey you know like you know probate or um kind of estate type type uh, attorneys or things along those lines but it can it can it just varies i mean there's so it's so far reaching as far as the different industry categorizations that you can kind of you don't necessarily need to pick and choose <laughs> uh, it's just it's there what kind of marketing tactics are working really well for some of your top agencies that are just <laughs> dominating and selling these bonds like what are they doing to to bring in the business sure I think a lot of what I'm seeing our, our agents do, um, we see we see some on Google AdWords. Again, I mean, we've we've dabbled in it as well. It's, it gets expensive. You know, we we actually ran a pretty successful like print mail campaign. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm. I don't want to be the last one to say like print's not dead because of a little bit, but it works out really well. I've seen some really successful um, strategies there. Also, I mean, any sort of like kind of affinity marketing too, where they can, you can get in with a some form of either a distributor or something along those lines and create those relationships have been really, really effective. And then too, I mean, the SEO game is definitely, definitely up there. I think that, you know, having some really quality curated content that demonstrates an agent's ability to like serve as an advisor. And this is really, I mean, if we're looking at digital marketing, this is like kind of some of the areas that I think I've seen some of our, some of our agents try to create some specialization in. But then too, we have a lot of folks that, they don't have a very up-to-date website. They don't have a, a way that clients can really contact them through their website outside of, hey, here's my phone number, um, you know, but building out like, hey, I've got a chat feature on my website that'll connect you to one of the uh, CSRs in our office. Sweet. Um, or I have an online submission tool or something along those lines. Um, you know, we have like some form of integration that, that's built in there. You know, that I think those, are, those have been really, really key. Yeah. I think um, a lot of agents rely on their their like especially captive agents will rely on their carrier um, mm -hmm. created page, but it's pretty generic. It doesn't really, you know, it's not optimized it's, to yeah. generate leads for the agent. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that that that's important stuff that you brought up, where they can create a side thing. Obviously, you can't put your carrier's name in it if it's your own thing, but you can have some other thing and, and create SEO in these mm. areas that people aren't really spending money on because sure. I would, you know, auto insurance, home insurance, that's going to be tough to rank in, but something like, you know, construction bonds for your thing, like that may be easier, right? Right. Same, same type of thing. We used to run ads for uh, motorcycle insurance because it was kind of like the foot in the door. Right. But then everybody mm. started doing that. So now it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you got to shift it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's you just got to shift to something that nobody else is doing, which ironically most people don't do anything until they see everybody else doing it right it's a little it's this weird catch 22 in it yeah uh, yeah but you know i think I, I like that a lot and you know you look at you know all right what's the difference between like obviously what like captive agencies are doing and then we work a lot with independent agents and you kind of see what the development and what those trends look like between all right hey this is this is where the progression is right is is this like with the captive but you have a big name um, you know, a lot of leads that are driven from the carrier side, but like with our independent agents, I mean, it's, it's all on them. Um, but you get to see some cool differentiation and how they're going about those tactics 
and what's changed and what they're doing that's allowing them to be successful. Um, you know, I think a lot of what a lot of what we've seen, especially, I mean, we work with a lot of small kind of more mom and pop agencies, but embracing what they're doing on the technology front, it's been a big game changer for them. Uh, where like, hey, I have a website that is updated constantly. I have chat features. I have the ability for, um, you know, COIs to go out on demand, you know, like whatever it may be, they're doing things that are allowing them to kind of get their foot up. They're creating that tech stack that's allowing them to continue to elevate themselves. And that's been, it's just been a really interesting development because we are trying to be at the forefront of that on the surety side of things to make sure that we're able to provide that service to, to our agents and to our customers but then seeing that they're doing the same thing. Sweet, that's awesome, that's a win-win for everybody. I love that perspective too. I wish more agents had the perspective of, hey, we're all selling, we're all selling the same stuff, who cares, like, who wins, you know?